Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Kenitra Bryant and today's motivational aim targets aim for God's need. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to this series I'm covering entitled Aim. My aim for this series is to share the importance of aiming towards your personal and spiritual God-honoring goals. The goal is to keep God first, and the goal is for God to get the glory in any aim, any goal, any desire we pursue or we try to achieve. And sometimes we can or we probably, or somebody has probably, pursued a goal or an aim that was a great aim. And they tried honoring God with their goal, but there were many factors one had to focus on as it related to overall goal attainment. And that is the true intent behind the goal. What was the true motive or intent around the goal, surrounding the goal? And what is or what was the true purpose for why the goal had to be pursued or achieved? The aim is to put our goals around and under the light of Christ and allow God to expose what needs to be exposed as we correct what we are aiming towards. Because a person could be aiming for a good thing. They want to aim towards a great target of achievement. That's all fine and good, but it might not be a God thing. It might not be a thing God is even in. So the motivational aim, aim for God's need, pinpoints that very thing. We should be aiming towards God's need. And hearing that motivational aim might sound a bit strange to somebody because believers know, they already know, that God is all-powerful. Believers know that God is the master over all. God is a strong creator. He's a need meter in our lives. God is glorious. He's sovereign. All things are possible with him. God is supreme. God is strength. God is holy. And since God is all of that and then some, somebody might ask now, if God is my need meter, he meets my needs, what are you talking about when you say aim for God's need? What does God need? How can the one who created all, who is over all, no one or no thing is above him, what does God need? Well, the answer is, and some of you already know, but God needs you. God needs you. What I mean by that is God created you for his purpose. And if God created you for his purpose and he knows the plans he has for you, which include plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope, peace, well-being, and a future, as he's promised us in Jeremiah, the 29th chapter and the 11th verse. Since God created you for his purpose, then God needs you to do what he has commanded you to do so you can receive the very blessings he's already provided for you. 
Not only does God need you to obey him to receive all he has for you, to live the life he's already planned for you to enjoy, God needs you to do what he's commanded you to do to impact others to turn to him. God needs you to do what he's commanded you to do to have others see his goodness so they can depend on him and they can see your relationship with him and your relationship with Jesus. Then that will create a ripple effect where people turn to God. They accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior and they keep in step with the Holy Spirit And then they're doing what God needs them to do. See, life isn't about living a life focused primarily on one's individual, selfish, soulish needs. Life is about aiming towards meeting God's need. When we meet God's need, that is doing what he's called us to do individually and collectively. When we meet God's need by being obedient, then our needs are taken care of. When we give to God's need, then we reap a harvest and then some. And that and then some includes not only having our needs met, but our desires fulfilled. And those are God-honoring desires. In Luke, the 6th chapter, in the 38th verse, it states, Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, with no space left for more. For with the standard of measurement you use, when you do good to others, it will be measured to you in return. Another translation of Luke, the sixth chapter in the 38th verse reads, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And then I want to read Matthew, the sixth chapter in the 33rd verse. And it says, but first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. And after looking at or reviewing Luke the 6th chapter in the 38th verse and Matthew the 6th chapter in the 33rd verse, when we meet God's need and we aim towards God's need as it relates to our goals, then we are aiming towards God-honoring targets for real. We already know God puts desires in our hearts. And when we aim towards those God-honoring desires, By doing what God told us to do, we are aiming towards God's needs. So exactly what does God need? And how can a person position themselves to aim towards the targets that God wants them to pursue? First, the aim is to flow with God. 
That's the first thing. And yes, God placed some desires in your heart that he wants you to experience fully. But God is also, and he can reveal to you what he needs from you and what he wants you to do. When God puts those desires within you, the aim is to complete God's aims. Complete what God tells you to do. It's similar to the Syllabus for Life's course series. God gives us a syllabus to follow. Within that syllabus are, well, it includes his aims, his objectives, his goals, his learning outcomes, his assignments. That's all in there. And when we complete God's assignments, God's aims, God will work it all together for our good because we love him and we've been called according to his purpose. That's found in Romans the 8th chapter and the 28th verse. Aim towards God's needs and he will most definitely meet your needs. Sow towards God's needs and you will reap a harvest of not only what you need, but overflow, increase, and abundance. So whatever God needs, that's what we all need to be aiming towards. And if you don't know what God needs from you, ask him. Ask God to reveal to you what he needs from you. Lord, what do you need from me? What do you need from me so I can start aiming towards those God-honoring targets so those aims can be fulfilled and achieved? Just ask them. And as you're waiting for your answer, continuously go to him in prayer. Continuously meditate on his word, meditate on his syllabus. And when God speaks to you, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and prompts you, you'll know what those needs are. You'll know. But I want to share a few of those needs that God needs from you. These are just general ones because God has some specific needs from you that he wants you to fulfill and do. And if you don't do them, the Lord knows how to get somebody else to do it. The Lord would love to have you do it. The Lord wants you to meet his need, but if we reject him and we refuse, the Lord knows how to raise somebody up to complete the task. And then that person, if they fulfill and meet God's need, God will make sure that they will never need a need. They'll always be abundantly supplied. And that's just something we missed out on if we reject that. God's plan is going to be fulfilled no matter what. But as I just said, go to God in prayer. Ask the Lord, Lord, what do you need from me? What do you want me to do? What do I need to see? What do I need to understand? Reveal it to me, Father God. What is it, Lord? What is it, Lord? The Lord will reveal it to you. And when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do it, you got to jump to it. Okay? But here are just a few needs that the Lord needs from you. Number one, God needs you to speak up. God needs you to speak up. He needs you to speak out. 
I'm not saying that God needs you to go start a riot. I'm not saying that. But God needs you to speak up and speak out when you see or you know of those in your sphere of influence, whether it be right there in your family, right there in your social circles, whatever it is, right there at your job. He needs you to speak up for righteousness. Why? Because there are some people who've never seen someone like you. And what I mean by that is a person with your personality, your character, your integrity. They've never seen anybody boldly live righteously for God, for the world to see. Some people have never seen that. They've seen people fake it. They've seen people just put on the front. But some people have never seen somebody live that way where that's just who they are. And they don't care. They speak up for God. They speak up for righteousness sake. There are a lot of people in the world right now living as if there is no God. And in your sphere of influence, God needs you to speak up by telling the truth. Speaking up when you see or witness unrighteousness. Speak up when the enemy wants or tries to silence you with lies, threats, and attacks. Speak up when you feel defeated. Speak up declaring God's word about your situation. Speak up to encourage yourself when you're going through a hard time. Speak up to encourage somebody else. Speak up to stand up for what God stands for. God needs you to do that. God has an aim. God has a goal where he wants people to know who he is. He has an aim that people will live for him and start following him and obeying him. And God needs you to do that. Live for him, follow him, and obey him. It's not about waiting for this big moment so people can see this great thing you've done. And then you get all of this praise and this glory and this recognition. It's, it's fine to be acknowledged for the things God did through you, to you, and for you. But God needs you to speak up because you really don't know whose life you've changed or whose life you will change just by speaking up and talking about the goodness of God and Speaking up in your actions by living for God. Speaking up about how God changed and transformed your life. From where you started from and where you are now. You don't even have to get on a megaphone to do that. You could talk about that in one interaction, one conversation, one exchange. It could be a total stranger you're sharing that testimony with. It could be a friend. It could be a spouse. It could be your children. It could be your grandchildren, a family member. It could be a neighbor. It could be somebody at church. It could be somebody while you're in line somewhere doing something. It could be somebody at the job. It could be, or that could happen anywhere. But wherever God directs you, God needs you to speak up about him. And he'll let you know when to speak up. He'll let you know. 
Somebody needs to hear about how God has transformed your life. Somebody needs to hear about the people you've met who live a life of integrity. Somebody needs to know or hear how you were doing something, but you turned to God and your life is forever changed. And how you're just steady aiming towards God honoring targets. Somebody needs to hear that. Somebody needs to see it in your actions. Your actions need to be so loud that they speak up and people can hear it without you even opening your mouth. God needs that. God needs somebody speaking up about how they keep him first. How they don't do certain things because they don't want to dishonor God and displease him. God needs you to speak up about how you will trust him. When those doubts and the enemy start whispering in your ear, telling you, why, why are you trusting God? Why are you doing all that? God needs you to speak up and just say, oh, I'll trust God. I love God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah to your name. God, you're great. God, you're coming through. You said all things are working together for my good because I love you and I've been called according to your purpose. Oh, this is happening to me? Man, God, thank you that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Thank you, Father God, that no plan, no wisdom, no insight can succeed against the plans you have for me. Whatever promise you're standing on, oh, I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I'm going to go down this path and I'm not going to be successful. Oh, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. God needs you to speak up. God needs you to encourage yourself. God needs you speaking up and speaking out against those thoughts, saying that you are nothing. When those thoughts are, man, you're nothing. You'll never be nothing. Speak up. God said that I'm more than a conqueror. God said I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God said I'm on top and not the bottom. I'm above and never beneath. That's what God said. God needs you to speak up. When those thoughts come into your mind about how you'll never accomplish your aims look where you came from look what you did oh you have to live this way you have to expect this type of life you're not going any higher you can't do that no God needs you to speak up and then when somebody you know is going through that and those words come out of their mouth God needs you to speak up and speak out saying his word. That's what God needs. Why? Because God needs someone to do it for his purpose, for his aims, for his kingdom. God's will is to be done in this earth as it is in heaven. And God needs someone to be obedient to do what he needs. The question is, will you be the one the Lord can use for his need? Or will God have to go to somebody else to fulfill the need when the opportunity is right there before you? Another need God needs is God needs you to shut up. <laughs> there are some moments in life where God leads you to speak up, yes. And then there are some times in your life where God leads you to shut up. Everything 
doesn't need a response. Proverbs, the 21st chapter and the 23rd verse says, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. You only know when to speak up and shut up by staying in close proximity and intimacy with God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. There are some times God needs you to shut up. And the times when God needs you to shut up is during those times when people start gossiping, talking smack, talking straight trash, and they trying to egg you on. Girl, what, what you think about that? Man, what, what you got to say, man? I know you got something to say, man. <laughs> say it. That's the time to shut up. It's one thing if it's jokes and it's just playful banter and it's not going anywhere. But when you know that you know that you know and everybody else know that it's some gossip, that's the time to shut up. And God needs you to shut up when it comes to gossiping. God needs you to shut up when it comes to carrying messy bones. Delivering messages you have no business delivering. Picking up people's faulty, trashy causes. And the mess makers making you think or leading you to believe that they care about what you say. And they put on this cloak as if they are a damsel in distress. And for those who don't know, there are some men. Yes, I said it. There are some men and women who are full-on wolves and snakes, acting as if they are damsels in distress. And they're getting people to co-sign on a lie. And the people co-signing on the lie are saying things out of their mouths they shouldn't be saying, calling things in on themselves, while the person who is the mess maker is sitting back chilling because you're fighting or that person is fighting their battles for them and they're just playing both sides. I don't even know why they came to you. I just said I was unsure about something. Oh, did you go tell them what I said? Yeah, oh, they acting like they don't know. Oh, she came and told you that? I just, I just, I just want to be your friend. I love you so much. Girl, I hate her. God needs you to get out of that and shut up. That's what he needs you to do. He needs you to get out of it and shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. God needs some people to shut up because he never told them to say that. God never told you to curse that person out. He told you to shut up, not curse them out. God needs some people to shut up because they're saying things contrary to what he says about people. So instead of saying what God says about a person, somebody else is cursing someone and God never told that person to do that. So they need to shut up. And then God needs some people to shut up as it relates to what they're saying about themselves. Because what they're saying about themselves is not what God said about them. God said that. 
They're blessed, but they are saying everything God did not even say about them. And they're delaying their situation, delaying progress because they're speaking negatively about their own self. There are times God needs you to shut up as it relates to yourself, complaining. God needs people to shut up who are complaining. They complain about everything. The Lord blessed them to live another day and they, ugh, another day, dang, gosh. God needs you to shut up because he can help you out with that where you don't have to experience any more days. Or a person is complaining about their family. Oh, I can't stand my family members. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I can't stand my child. Oh, I can't stand my spouse. Oh, I can't stand my mom and dad. Oh, I can't stand my grandmother. Oh, I can't stand my friend. Oh, I can't. Okay. Now, all that complaining might lead to somebody leaving your life in a way that you don't want them to leave. That's, that's why God needs you to shut up. He needs you to shut up. Because all that complaining is doing is calling out to Satan. When a person complains, that's nothing but an alarm for Satan. For him to, oh, oh, somebody called me. Somebody complaining? Oh, y'all, come on. They calling us. And all he wants you to do, Satan, is to keep talking. So you can say something and curse your own self and disrespect God. That's what he wants. That's why God needs you to shut up. He needs you to shut up as it relates to that. Because when a person gets to complaining and, oh, why? Good, I don't like that. All of that. And I'm talking about just crazy complaining. Have you ever met a complainer? They complain about everything. You try to do something nice for them and they complain about that. Now, they didn't have anything before you blessed them with what you blessed them with. But they received the blessing and they, oh, why I had to be this color? Why you had to give me all this money? Why why you do that? Why you give me food and you know I don't have food in my house? Why, why you give me this? What? I can't believe you even spent this much money on some food for me. I mean, I could have just, you know, made some rice patties. I'd have been all right. Well, you didn't have any rice. I bought you some rice. Well, you spent too much on it. And just the way this tastes, it's just kind of grainy. I don't know. How much was this, a dollar? I could have, you could have just gave me the dollar. I would have did something with this dollar. Like, it's just too much. And I just, I don't like that brand of rice. It's just something about that brand. Well, this was the... Highest quality of rice. I, that's the thing about that dollar rice. You could have got me a bag of rice for 10 cents if you wanted to help me. Okay. See, sidebar. Mm-mm. When people complain to me about anything, complain. And I know you don't have. And then complain when I was doing something that the Lord told me to do for you. And you complain. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. All right.
people who do all of that unnecessary complaining put themselves in a situation where they cannot receive and the reason they cannot receive and people don't do anything for them is because they didn't shut up. All because they didn't shut up and receive. God needs that person to shut up. And then complaining, all it does is get a person or get their eyes off of God's aims and needs. And they're just focusing on these distractions right before them. And that person who's not shutting up, they don't realize that they're sowing word seeds. They're sowing seeds with their words for more problems, more issues. And it could create a lack of trust and faith in what God can do for them. All because they're not fulfilling God's need of shutting up. God needs somebody to shut up because they share information too soon. God reveals something to them and they just, let me tell you what God told me. What God did God tell you to tell people that right now? Everybody don't need to know everything about you. Some people just need to see what God is doing in your life. They don't need to hear it. And they don't need you telling them everything. God needs you or that person, whoever this applies to, God needs you to shut up. He, he just needs you to shut up. Because he needs me to speak up and tell you that right now. Shut up. God needs some people to shut up on giving advice to people who constantly mock God and mock God's children. If a person is going around just mocking God's word, mocking the way God's people live, and they know they're doing it, and they're rejecting God, if the Lord tells you to shut up, shut up with that person. There are sometimes God will tell somebody to go tell somebody something and that person's living a certain type of way or they're doing things they have no business doing as it relates to spiritual guidance and leadership. But if but if and when God tells you to shut up, shut up. Don't be trying to force somebody to listen to you. Force somebody to listen, a grown person to accept what you're saying. You can't make a grown person do nothing, do anything. So in those situations, when God tells you to shut up, shut up. God doesn't need you arguing with people so they can listen to you. Especially when they want to misunderstand anything that comes out of your mouth. God needs you to shut up. God needs somebody to shut up telling other people their plans of what they're not going to do anymore. A person going around saying, Hey, yeah, I didn't like what you did, so I'm not talking to you anymore. Did God tell you to tell them that? Or did God tell you, don't talk to them anymore. Shut up, move around, and don't speak to them ever again. Did God tell you to give them a warning? Or did God tell you to do an about face right then and there? See, sometimes people just need to fulfill God's needs. Shut up. Just, just shut up. 
Let God speak and tell them what he wants to tell them. But your assignment, your aim, God's need, God's aim was for you to shut up. Just shut up. Why? Because God needs us to shut up and do what he told us to do his way. For his aims, for his purpose, for his kingdom. God's will is to be done in this earth as it is in heaven. And he needs someone to be obedient in shutting up so he can do whatever it is he has planned. So will you be the one to do what the Lord needs for you to do? Or will God have to get somebody else to fulfill his need when the opportunity of shedding up was right before you? Another need of God is God needs someone to share wisdom boldly. And let's look at the account in scripture with Naaman. I talked about that in part one and two. But Naaman, this is found in 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. And I encourage you to read this account of scripture sometime in your life. But remember when Elisha, the prophet, told Naaman, well, really a messenger told Naaman to go wash in the Jordan River and you'll be cleansed and restored. And Naaman was upset because he was angry and he thought that his aim was going to be achieved one way and the directions that were given didn't match with his imagination, but God was routing his aims. Now let's look at what happened in verse 13. One of Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, my boss, master, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So you see in verse 13 how that servant, during that critical moment in Naaman's life, boldly went up to his boss on the brink or the edge of breakthrough. And that servant shared with his boss what needed to be said. And what that servant shared was wisdom. He boldly went before his master and shared some wisdom. The servant let his master, his boss, know, I understand you have your aims and how you want those aims achieved, but you can't control how they are achieved. If you're expecting God to fulfill your aims, God has his ways in doing things that supersede what you could ever think or imagine. And if you want a different result, boss, from what you've been getting and what you've been going through and what you have currently going on, you have to do something different. You have to do something else, boss. And for the Bible to have these servants words of wisdom during that vital moment. That shows us that there was a need for that servant to speak up, to speak out, and to boldly share wisdom. Now, what would Naaman's life look like if that servant or those servants weren't there to intercede? What would his life look like if those servants did not speak up, speak out, and boldly share wisdom with him in that time. See, there was a need for them. And they allowed themselves 
to focus on God's need while they were working on their own aims. And could it be that when they focused on God's need as it related to boldly walking in wisdom and encouraging someone else where they impacted their boss, they not only impacted their boss, but they impacted millions of other people. And I can confidently say that they impacted millions of other people because their account of meeting God's need is in the Bible. And the Bible is a popular book that's read by millions of people. And people's lives are changed when they read that. We're talking about it right I'm talking about it right now. We don't know, and you don't know, and this is probably happening to you, but somebody could read that story, read that account, and say, oh my goodness, wow. God met Naaman's need because somebody fulfilled God's need by doing what God needed them to do during that critical time to influence and impact and encourage Naaman. If God's doing that for Naaman, and he had aim. Those servants had their own aims, and God had an aim. Surely God's going to come through for me when I meet his aims and fulfill his needs as directed. Do you get that? Do you see what I'm talking about? If you don't get it, rewind this. Go back two minutes. Push play. And then ask the Lord, well, before you even rewind it, Ask the Lord to show you what is she talking about. If you don't understand what I'm saying, just rewind it. Talk to the Lord. Pray. Rewind it and then read the scripture over and over. It'll click. But I got to keep going. But God has a unique way of fulfilling people's aims. But God needs us in this life to boldly walk in wisdom. And who is it in your life that you know about? It could be yourself. But who is it in your life who is about to give up and just walk away from their God-honoring aims? Who is it? Who is it in your life who's angry that God is routing their aims in a different direction? And you can see what they can't see. You see God routing their aims towards victory, but they see their aims being routed backwards and delay. That's all they see is delay and stagnation. They feel like they're stuck, but you see, oh my goodness, you are, you're right there. You're right there, but they don't see it because their mind is filled and blocked with, I thought things were going to go this way, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's not going that way. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? God told me to go to the next step. The next step looks backwards. But you're looking at them and you're saying, oh, it's right there. You can see it. Could it be that you're so close to that person where God has routed you in position to speak boldly and to share wisdom with them and encourage them so they can meet And achieve their aim all while you're fulfilling God's need for that person. And then God in turn is going to meet your needs. 
no matter what? Could it be that's where God has you right now for you to meet a need? The aim is to speak out, speak boldly, and declare wisdom to that person or to those people or to yourself. Now, you can't get caught up if you're speaking to somebody else and they refuse it and they don't use what you said. You did what God told you to do. You did what God needed for you to do. You did it. And that obedience, you're still going to be rewarded for that. But the aim is to meet God's need. You can't get caught up on the end result if somebody just rejects what you say and you feel like, well, I did what God said, but they rejected me. And we're not worried about them rejecting you. The aim is for God to never reject us. Now, we know he never will. He'll never leave us nor forsake us, but we don't want to be rejected from the opportunity to meet his need because we're afraid or we walk away because we feel like we're not worthy and we don't trust him. Now, that, that's what we're focused on. We're not worried about somebody else rejecting us, especially when we're doing what God told us to do. Uh, okay, <laughs> they have to deal with that. Our aim is to do what God told us to do. Will you get in alignment with God's need? Another need is God needs you to be decent. What is decent? Decent can be defined as behaving towards other people in an honest, fair, kind, and or nice way. In 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, in the 40th verse states, But all things should be done decently and in order. And since God said all things should be done decently and in order, that includes how we behave towards people in social settings, how we conduct ourselves in private settings when we are alone. Everywhere, really. There is a lot of indecency going on in this world. It's gross. It's improper. It's offensive. And God needs us to be decent so others can see what a person aiming towards God-honoring targets can look like when they aim to be decent in all things they do. Another need God needs is God needs you to love. How does God describe love? In 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, in the 4th through the 8th verse, And I'm going to read up to the first part of verse 8. And this is what it says. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It is love. That's what I'm saying. When I say it, when God says it, he's referring to love. Let me go back. Love is patient. Love is kind. It, referring to love, does not envy. It, referring to love, does not boast. It, 
referring to love, is not proud. It, referring to love, does not dishonor others. It, referring to love, is not self-seeking. It, is not easily angered. It, referring to love, keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It, referring to love, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So we know and we can see how God defines love. And knowing how God defines love as outlined in his divine syllabus, God shows us that he needs for us to exercise the love he shows us to others. God needs us to display his love and imitate his love to others in this world. It could be somebody at your job. It could be somebody in your community, in your sphere of influence, a friend, somebody you meet. But God wants you and he needs you to display his love and imitate his love. And that is showing people how to love the right way, not in a perverted way. And not when a person is yelling, I love you, I love you, but they really hate them. They really hate you. Or somebody's yelling, oh, I love you so much, but they're just using the word I love you as a manipulative tool to get what they want. And they don't care if they violate a person knowingly or unknowingly. All they want to do is have their aims fulfilled. So God needs someone to display his kind of love to others so they can be drawn to him and they can be made aware of what love really looks like. God's kind of love. See, God's love looks different from the world's definition of love and what other people want love to be in their life. See, God's love, as he already told us, God's love is truth. God's love is not a lie. God's love is not fake or temporary. God's love is strength. God's love is strong. God's love is not weak. God's love is not self-seeking. God's love wants the best for you and God's love wants God's best for you. And God needs us to show his love the right way to everyone. In every role, with every interaction, in every exchange we find ourselves in. God's love can also be expressed and displayed in God-honoring corrective measures. God's love protects. God's love assists, blesses, and so much more. God has aims for people to study his divine syllabus and learn what real love is. And then to begin showing his love and imitating his love to people who don't know him. So when those individuals receive Jesus, then they can share the same love with others who don't know Jesus also. And God's love just continues growing and expanding and increasing 
and impacting this earth's realm. Another need. God needs you to be the one with integrity. And what is integrity? Integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles that you refuse to change. There are a lot of people not choosing integrity. There are a lot of conversations lacking integrity. A lot of relationships lacking integrity. A lot of friendships lacking integrity. And God needs you to be the one with integrity. There could be somebody in this world right now tired of dealing with the same scandalous people day in and day out. People who say they are living for God. People are saying that they love God. And they're saying it all out loud. They're posting it. But when these individuals interact with them, they find out these people don't walk with integrity. And you might be the very person God needs to show someone else what a person looks like when they walk in God-honoring integrity. Somebody needs to see that. And God needs you to show them. God needs you to show somebody what it looks like when a person is pursuing a righteous lifestyle. You'd be surprised how a person who is living in integrity on purpose and they're aiming to live a God-honoring life, how their life impacts people for a very long time. Sometimes it just never escapes a person's mind of, Man, that person was doing this. They were aiming to live for God. They didn't do A, B, or C. That sticks with the person. It impacts a person. It just does. Whether the person living the lifestyle of integrity knows it or not, they're impacting people. And God needs them to continue walking in integrity because God knows the power of integrity. God knows the power of Walking in God-honoring obedience. He knows it. That's why he needs us to do it. When a person aims to walk in integrity, individuals respect them. And then people are more receptive to hear what they have to say. Because they see the fruit of their actions. They see the fruit of their words. They see the fruit of their kindness. And all of that fruit is rooted in integrity, God-honoring obedience, living a righteous lifestyle on purpose. When people meet God's need of living and operating in integrity, somebody sees that. They see, oh, every time they go out, they are walking in integrity. Every time I'm with them, they operate and they walk in integrity. Well, they trust God. They do not compromise for him no matter what's going on. Man, it's evident that they're keeping God first. It's evident that they're aiming to live a life 
of integrity. It's evident that they're aiming to meet God's need. Well, if they're doing that, that means I can do it. And if God's blessing them, God can bless me. Let me go ahead and follow God and go after God's need. Proverbs, the 20th chapter in the 7th verse says, The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. And Proverbs, the 10th chapter in the 9th verse says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. God needs you walking in integrity. God needs you walking securely so you can do what he needs for you to do. Will you aim towards God's aims? Another need. God needs you to be a pioneer. And what is a pioneer? A pioneer is a person who's the first to do something. And God is leading you in some areas that are new to you and those who you know. Everybody might be doing the same thing one way, but God's aim is to lead you in a direction that benefits you all while blessing so many others. And in order to get to the destination, it is of extreme importance for you to trust God and know that Psalm, the 12th chapter and the 18th verse is true. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. It might be scary, but God is with you as you break new ground and travel uncharted territory. God is with you as you break curses and patterns and thoughts and ideals that have tried to keep you bound and enslaved for several generations. So God needs you to be a pioneer. He needs you to be a pioneer to trust him in what he's leading you to do. Another need. God needs you to meet that need for him. See, God has aims for you to meet other people's needs as well as he directs you. Okay? That's why he's blessed you the way he has. That's why you have overflow. That's why you have abundance to bless others. And once again, as the Lord directs you, there are other people or there are some people not aiming to fulfill God's needs. And instead of obeying and meeting that need for those people God told them to meet the need for, there are some people who have it, but they rather pray about it several times over and over so they can delay and doing what God told them to do. And what I mean by that is, God told, example, God told somebody to go purchase something for somebody else. God told them that because God has a need for them to obey so he can meet the needs of somebody else. Because God's only going to do whatever he's going to do in this earth realm through a man or a woman. That's why we have to be obedient. So God tells somebody, Go meet that person's need. And when you aim towards my needs, I'm going to fulfill your needs and wants. And I'm fulfilling their needs at the same time. But I need you to do what I tell you to do. The person God told 
to meet that person's need because he blessed them with overflowing abundance. Let's say that person doesn't want to do it. And they know God told them to do that. They can see the person God told them to bless is in distress and they need help. They see it. They have it. But they don't want to do it. So instead of obeying God and meeting God's need of meeting the need of the other person, they start praying. They just start praying. Oh, Lord, you know, God bless them. God bless them. Oh, Lord, God bless them. Oh, Lord, God bless them. That person comes to them. Oh, I'm sure praying for you. Oh, I hope it works out for you. Oh, I'm just, oh, I'm just standing in agreement that it just works out. Now, God told them to give it to them. But instead of obeying, they rather pray. They rather pray to delay what God told them to do. That goes back to that episode in Syllabus for Life's course, um, Syllabus Prayer. When I was talking about sometimes you don't even need to pray about stuff. You just need to do what God said to do. That's what I'm talking about right here. God needs someone to meet the need. He didn't say, hey, pray for 365 hours about it. No, God said to meet the need because he already gave it to you. And this is the other part people, some people don't understand is God could be telling you to meet a person's need because they are in need. But God is telling you to do that because you have a need that you want fulfilled. And in order to get your need filled, you have to sow a seed. So God is giving you an opportunity to sow a seed for your desires and aims to be fulfilled. That's why I said in the beginning of this, when you meet God's need of doing what he told you to do, your needs will be taken care of. So sometimes it's not about just, oh, I'm just going to get at him to make myself feel better now. It's not about that. It's about being obedient. Meeting the needs that God tells you to meet so your needs can be fulfilled. God is out here creating a way or an opportunity for somebody to receive a harvest. But if we don't meet God's need and we don't sow the seeds when he tells us to, we are delaying our own self. See, it's it's deep. Another need is God needs you to help him first. There are a lot of people living for themselves. They're concerned about self. They're not even thinking about having a relationship with God. They're looking for these relationships with these people, thinking that that's going to fulfill them, not understanding that The realest relationship they'll ever have is a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with God the Father, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Make it your aim to keep God first. Exercise Matthew, the sixth chapter, and the 33rd verse. And what does it say? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Somebody out there in this world has never seen a person really aim to keep God first in their actions, in their words, in their deeds, and in their relationships. And if someone is able to just witness one person 
practicing that, God will get the glory and a seed will be planted in that person. They'll see, oh my goodness, I, I never met nobody who's really keeping God first. And they for real about it? Oh, so that's what that looks like? It don't look that bad. I think I could do this. I, I think I, I think I can do this. Lord, I, I'm ready to have a real relationship with you, Jesus. I'm ready to receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Because I met somebody who was serious about Matthew 6.33. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I see how you blessing them with all of these things. Lord, I want that for my life. And what does it create? A ripple effect. An impact. God needs that from you. And here are some more needs. God needs you to sacrifice as he leads and directs you. God needs you to sow that seed. God needs you to pray so you can know what to do. God needs you to pray so you can be empowered, wise, discerning, and ready to go wherever God leads you. God needs you to trust Him as He routes your aims. God needs you to aim towards God-honoring targets. God needs you to stop. Whatever that is that you know about, that you know you need to stop, God needs you to stop doing that. God needs you to go. God needs you to correct someone the way he directed you to correct them. God needs you to receive correction from him. And he needs you to receive correction when he sends someone to correct you. God needs you to lead. And you could have been in the background letting people step all over you, stomp all over you. But now is the time God is telling you, it's time for you to lead as he directs you to lead. God needs you to surrender as he directs you to surrender. God needs you to submit as he directs you, especially to God-honoring authority. God needs you to learn. God needs you to develop. He needs you to forgive so that you can be forgiven and move forward. God needs you to apologize. God needs you not getting offended every five seconds. Sometimes people aren't thinking about you the way you think that they're thinking about you. Some people don't even know that they did anything to you. They just answered you and you could have thought, oh, why they do that? Oh. And before you know, you're walking around with bitterness, insecurity, hate. All because you allowed a fence to come in. A place where it's really not welcome. God needs you to not get offended every five seconds. Sometimes just, just let it go. Don't think about trying to get back. Let it go. Give it to God. That's what I mean. Now, if God tells you. To confront a person, well, God needs you to do that when he directs you to do that. God needs you to let go of bitterness. He needs you to let go of anger, pride, insecurities, jealousy, rage, and hate. God needs you to be the person he created you to be. Not the person that people are trying to create you to be. God needs you to be the person he created you to be for his purpose.
God needs you to say what he says in every situation you encounter. As it relates to you, your talents, your friendships, your relationships, your life, God needs you to say his words. When trials come, God needs you to speak up. God needs you to encourage. God needs you to be the friend. God needs you to proclaim his word boldly. God needs you to be accountable. God needs you to about face. God needs you to reroute. God needs you to live a life of God-honoring value. God needs you to send that. God needs you to receive that. He's doing something for you. You can't reject everything, especially when God is telling you to receive what he's bringing your way. It's the very thing you're praying for. And you, I don't know, it don't look the way that I thought it was going to look. You messed up. We're going back to Naaman, 2 Kings, 5th chapter. He was about to reject the very thing he needed. And God was sending him someone to give him directions. But he was about to reject it. No, God needed him to receive it. Receive that. God needs you to facilitate. God needs you to smile. God needs you to assist. God needs you to walk in joy and peace. God needs you to do what he's laid on your heart to do. Because you have no idea how many lives have changed or will be impacted or were impacted from the simple act of just doing what God laid on your heart to do. A simple act of obedience. God needs you to trust him. God needs you to be real and not fake. God needs you to believe in him. God needs you to be healthy. He needs you ready. He needs you in position. He needs you in position. You're thinking, oh my goodness, why am I right here? God needs you there for a reason. He needs you there. Our aim should also be to exercise Isaiah, the 6th chapter and the 8th verse in our lives. And it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. And that's the scripture I want to leave you with. Isaiah, the 6th chapter and the 8th verse. I'm going to read it again. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. As I said earlier, God has a need and the need is in you and me. Will we go do what God needs us to do or will we look at what God requires from us and what God needs us to do as a burden and as a task that we don't want to fulfill because it's going in a direction that we don't want to go. We don't want to do that. Just in case you didn't know, wherever God is sending you, it's always where you want to go. It might not look like it, but it's where you want to be. If we could go back and ask Naaman, or just ask him right now, if we, if we had the opportunity to ask Naaman 
if God told you to dip in some water that was dirtier than the water that you talked about where your healing was, would you do it again? I'm pretty sure he would say yes. Because he was sent somewhere that didn't look like where he wanted to go. But it was the very place he wanted to go because his aims were his achieved aims were right there. They were right there. It looks like, man, what's going on? Why does God need me to do this? Why is God sending me to do this? This is not where I want to be. When you obey, you will find out that's exactly where you want to be. That's exactly where you want to be. It's better than what you thought. It exceeds your expectations. You thought it was one thing, but oh, thank you, Lord. You needed me to go do this because it's what I needed. Thank you for taking care of my needs. So don't get caught up in, oh, why the Lord want me to do that? If he wants you to do it, it's for a purpose. And it's always set up for you to be blessed. Never forget that. Wherever God needs you, that's where you want to be. Even if you can't see the full picture. God's aims should always be our aims. God's needs should always be our needs. God's need should be our indicator that it's time to aim towards every target he wants us to fulfill in our life's course. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Feel free to visit my website, drkenutrabryant.com. Remain encouraged. Peace and God bless.